Welcome to the Contracting Handbook Podcast, a podcast for how to run a small contracting company. Whether you're a general contractor like me or a trade contractor, starting fresh or been in business for years, here's all the stuff you never knew you'd have to know before you started your contracting business with the man who's seen it all, your host, Mike Kenoki. That's me. is they know their numbers inside and out, period. If you want to be highly successful and highly profitable as a remodeler, it's not because you do a more beautiful finish in that trim work. It's not because you have the cleanest job site. It's because you know your numbers and you take that seriously. That separates the amateurs from the pros. Hey, people. It's Mike Kenoki coming at you with the 49th episode of Season 1 of The Contracting Handbook. Coming at you from Fairbanks, Alaska, the 49th state. That's a coincidence. You know, I've been at this for 16 years as a builder. And the podcast has been going since May. How did we get here already? Anyway, about it. Are you a contractor that's like 100% about everything you're doing? You got the five-year itch. You got the 10-year itch, the 15-year itch. Always trying to improve. Still trying to improve? No? Yeah? I've had that 15-year itch for over a year now. And I'll talk a little bit, bit about that at the towards the end of this podcast here today. You know, it's been an amazing few months. Uh, I started out wondering if there would be interest from the show. And so many people have written to say yes. It's incredible. And proof of concept. Boom. And I thank you all for that. Um, now what I'm asking today is what have you taken away from it? And I'm going to round up what I think are the most important things that came up this season. Maybe I don't get them all, but I, I, I picked out about 16 things that we should be focusing on in our business. And after that, there'll be a shameless plug for my new book that's going to be released Somewhere down the road here, I made a promise on the show the other day for a date, and I think I'm not going to meet that deadline. And then I'm going to talk about how this show relates to my journey as a contractor uh, before I summarize at the end. It's like what people always want from you for free is they want you to bid something out, right? They're like, hey, you know, and it takes time. And you're like, you got you to gotta sort out like who's actually serious about this and who's just wasting my time. And, and I respect that deeply. And I don't know if you've ever talked about it on your show, but one thing I think is sort of interesting, maybe I could bring it up here is, is this sort of etiquette we have between architects and contractors about that topic. Um, and what I've sort of seen is that if, if I ask a contractor to provide a price they usually do it you know for free um at a chance to meet the owner i'm always really straight with them if the owners asked me to get multiple bids then i will let the contractor know that i am also talking i've also recommended these two other contractors you know, free estimates is not the cost of doing business first and foremost. And that's what I want to tell everybody that's listening. So if you think that you have to do free estimates, 
to get work, to get the right clients, to get profitable jobs, you're, you're incorrect in that assumption. I have helped hundreds of remodelers and custom home builders change this in their businesses over the past three years. And it doesn't really matter what market you're in. A lot of people might be in smaller markets and they say, well, you know, it's, we don't have great margins here and people are just so used to this and all of that. And I've changed it in very small markets across the U.S. So uh, first and foremost, I just want to say that if you are doing them for free right now, there is a better. So number 16, get paid for estimating. Everybody gasps. Remember my interview with Brian Kaplan, episode 23, where he insists that we should get paid for estimates? I argue that who would pay me for an estimate when everyone else is giving free estimates? He says your clients will value your knowledge and expertise more when you get paid for that estimate. I have not done that yet because I, have, uh, I haven't had a chance to do it since I had Brian on the show because I haven't given out any estimates since April because I'm booked. But I'm going to try it. My most recent guest, Kyle Hunt, suggests that a free estimate is the ballpark number that you give, knowing a certain amount about the project, but not putting a ton of time into it. Of course, when he's doing this number, uh, which he calls the moment of truth, not a ballpark, he's determined his best knowledge that the client is not a tire kicker. Then if the client likes the range offered, you charge for project development and planning. And you know from my episodes of what not to do during cold calls, episode 10, and first time site visits, episode 12, that I don't ballpark. I'm loving that we're having these perspectives though. And I'm going to say we're all right because the most important thing here is that you have a strategy and you stick to it. Brian would not say that I was right. And that's okay. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to try it his way too. It's been such an awesome couple months because I've everybody's been so open and sharing, and I and I you know you know how it's very uh, guarded all of our secrets. So been awesome. So um, the next thing is number fifteen: work life balance. And this was brought up by a number of people I interviewed, uh, Randy Jones. In episode five, talks about staying fit and and keeping that life balance. Stephen Dunn, keeping life balance with his family. As well as Daniel Preston. Andy Bannister in episodes 34 and 35. And Vinny Vecchio in episodes 25 and 26. And everybody really is trying to go for that work, that life-work balance, work-life balance because... The people I've interviewed are all professionals. They've all been doing this for a while, and they really, really, really have found that they need to stay sane and do other things besides work. Okay, number 14. Use technology for estimating and tracking, a la Brian Kaplan, episode 23, Daniel Preston, episodes 37 and 38. These guys are on it. Um, my most recent guests would also argue the same thing. And that's Kendra Ferguson, CPA, and Kyle Hunt, remodeling contractor coach. Check out those episodes. Set boundaries with your clients. 
from the start. And I'm going to tell you right now that, that uh, if you listen to my episode with Daniel Preston, he's going to tell you that after 7 o'clock at night, his phone is, there's no contact with clients because he's got to be with his family. And he wants, he needs that time. And his kids need his time. Cat Willer, same thing. Got to have boundaries. Emergencies are different. But all those conversations that they want to have at night, you can have them the next day. So keep that in perspective. I personally did not have good boundaries set when I started out. And for years I didn't. I just let people contact me anytime until I finally said, you know what? After seven, if you contact me and I don't get back to you until the next day, that's the way it is. And if you text me late at night, you will not get, you will not hear from me till at least noon the next day. All right. Number 12, stay healthy. Meal plan. Consider what you're eating. Get sleep. Control, control stress. This is a vicious cycle when you lose control of any of these three. Are you doing that now? I mean, I definitely was, I definitely didn't think about any of it. I just was like, oh, I'm a contractor. I don't sleep much and I'm stressed and I eat like crap. Not the case anymore. And if you want to check out what other people are doing, again, Vinny Vecchio, episodes 25 and 26, he's the unstoppable tradesman. He's got great plans for how to take care of yourself while you're working and managing all that. And then Randy Jones and Andy Bannister as well, they are they're really out to stay fit and healthy and influence the people they're with to do the same. Andy's crew actually does yoga on their job sites. Pretty cool. Okay. Number 11. Okay. Have a plan. And what do I mean? You know, in, in, there's a little excerpt here from Randy Jones about moving forward with his business. Stephen Dunn really talked about outlining like how he approached his business and running up to 40 employees at a time. You'd want to go further or do you like where you're at or you're, you know, Oh, we're going further. Okay. We're going further. Um, I'm, I'm going to take an approach that, um, is different than I see majority of contractors taking. And, um, I really want to lean into the management of, uh, the business and the projects. Um, I'll hire skilled workers and we'll have skilled workers, but I'm not, I'm going to, I'm going to lean into uh, the sales positions, the administrative positions, um, the bookkeeping positions, like the scheduler, the, you know, the people, those tasks that we end up leaving for ourselves as a business owner. That's um, where I've found the most importance. In my topical episodes, four, six, and seven, I help give you a criteria to define what you want out of your company and narrow your focus. Because remember, everyone is not your client. And then in episodes 8, 9, and 12, I discuss planning what to do before you get cold calls from your clients and what you're going to do when you go to the first-time site visit. And, of course, tire kickers. Now, if you have a plan for your business, you draw in the clients you want. They just come to you. And if you have a plan, it helps you pivot when things aren't working out or you need to change course. It helps bring out not new ideas because you're not just caught up like trying to do the same things 
because you're using repetition to your favor. You're taking those things you do repetitively and compartmentalizing them so you don't have to learn how to do them, reinvent the wheel every time. Okay, number 10, expectation management. Now, the first six here, and you know, until we get down the end, I don't really have an order of importance, but expectation management could be 10. I don't know why it's not number one. Just make sure that you're protecting yourself as a contractor. Um, you know, because the worst thing you want to do is uh, say that a project costs this much and then it be double, you know, because that's going to put you at risk. It's going to hurt your business. Because it's so important dealing with clients, employees, and your own expectations for yourself. Uh, And 14 of 17 interviewees brought this up. Sean Francis, Randy Jones, Stephen Dunn, Carmen Hansberry, Andrew Itnire, Tim Waring. Marcus Nagdegal, Aaron Jones, Brian Kaplan, Matthew Coates, Cat Willer, Andy Bannister, Daniel Preston, and Jim Molinelli. And if I'd given the other guests the opportunity to say it, they would have said it too. This is super important. It means clear communication from the start, a detailed scope of work, inclusions, exclusions, client responsibilities. Listen to those episodes. Vet, number nine, vet your clients. And two solid episodes about this are Tim Waring of Ardenvale Homes and Carmen Hansberry. Uh, Tim's episode 19, Carmen's episode 13, and my personal episode 18 really talks about vetting your clients before you get them in the door. Because so many, it's, there's such a great opportunity for people to waste your time. So check out those episodes about vetting your, and and they're not just about vetting your clients, but included there. Okay. Number eight, the power of social media. Check out these guys' websites or Instagram pages. Sean Francis started using Instagram and his business really took off because he's got awesome photos and he's good at explaining what's going on. Stephen Dunn of, of at Nice Painting Company. Um, farms out a lot of video work to Fiverr and they produce really cool, catchy little videos that he puts on his website, uh, there or his, uh, Instagram page. They really draw people in, uh, Tim Waring, listen to that episode. He's super hot with, uh, with the social media stuff. Carmen Hansberry has excellent social media presence. Episode 13. I highlight this in episode 15 of my show my topical episode of eight ways to uh, gain and maintain company credibility. But the list goes on. Andrea Itnire at Masters Roofing. He has an awesome presence there because you really see who he is. At Masters Roofus, at Masters Roofing Memphis. You really see who he is as a person. Marcus Nautigal at Broski Builds and Aaron Jones at Big Tog Construction GM. They have tons of uh, videos on how to do stuff, daily worksite stuff, tools, and it's humorous, and there's a lot of engagement there. And then Kyle Hunt, my last guest, says, have a website that you're proud of and get those Google reviews. And I can't emphasize how much you should get Google reviews. Listen to that episode with Kyle. Listen to my episode 15 on eight ways to gain and maintain company credibility. 
Okay, delegate. Number seven, delegate and don't wear all the hats. Listen to my episode on not wearing all the hats. Listen to Kendra Ferguson in a recent episode talking about why you should get a CPA, why you should hire out anything you can so you can focus on making money by doing what you're good at and not learning how to do everything on your own. What do you, you know, and I think we're all definitely control freaks as a contractor. And, and then as you mature as a contractor, you learn to let go. Yeah. Because if you don't learn to let go, you're just going to be a one man show. Yeah, exactly. It has to, you have to, you're absolutely right. Number six, if it doesn't feel right with a client and you're not under contract, bail. There's a lot of other reasons to bail too. It's a recent episode I just put out. No one to bail. Or why am I still here when they're hitting on me? Go check that out. Number five. This could be number one too. It's my number one on that uh, eight ways to gain and maintain company credibility. Be genuine. Be honest. Listen to the episode of Marcus Nogdegal talking about running a crew. Talking to his crew. Dealing with issues. Aaron Jones. Matthew Coates. And Andy Bannister talking about clients and employees. You got to be genuine with your, with your clients and be honest. Number four, always be recruiting. Develop the company that attracts good candidates. Not just good clients, but you want to always be recruiting for employees because you never know. You want people to want to work for you. I talk about this in episode four and episode 40 of my show, Cat Willer in episodes 31 and 32 and Kyle Hunt most recently in episode 47. And he really is on it about always be recruiting. And you can check him out at Remodelers on the Rise too. He's got a great podcast. Warranty of work, number three. Andrew Itnire, Aaron Jones, Tim Waring. You have to stand behind your work. And so do your subs. You have to you have to be working with subs that share the same values as you. Warranty of work. You might even have to go past the year warranty with certain things. But just do it and don't wait to fulfill your warranties. Don't keep people waiting. You get on it right away and they want you back in their house. They want to write your reviews. It's almost good when you have to warranty something, in a sense. It's also a bummer. Okay, number two. Now, this could easily be number one because I would say that every single person I interviewed said this is super important. But your relationships with trade contractors and architects, super important. And specifically, Sean Francis, episode three, Aaron Jones, episodes 20 and 21, and Matthew Coates, 28 and 29, Cat Willer, 31 and 32. Everybody knows that when you've got good subs and architects, you get good work through them. You work together to create awesome projects, awesome results. We are highly trained, well-qualified humans, and it took a long time to find them, but um, I knew that we could successfully complete the job and whatever I didn't know they did. And they're really good teachers in that regard. So I felt comfortable 
So I took on the job and we did a really great job. He loved it. I designed it, remodeled it, didn't have to sell it. And those relationships are invaluable. Number one. And I'd say this hasn't always been number one for me, but if there's one thing that I'm hearing emphasized now, and I am guess I've kind of always known it, but I'm just kind of like we talk, I'm kind of like one of the contractors they talked about in the interview. Know your numbers. Why do you think I had a CPA and a consultant that I respect as the last shows? Because as Kyle Hunt said, you suck at numbers. Kendra said it in a much nicer way, but it's a, that's a regional thing here in the old USA, depending on where you live, how you talk. But, uh, Knowing your numbers is is vital because if you don't know your numbers, you might not be making the money you think you are. And it's definitely, I can say from my own experience, I've thought that I'm making more on jobs than I really was. And at the end of the year, I went, huh? And so listen to uh, the last two interviews with Kendra Ferguson and Kyle Hunt. Is they know their numbers inside and out, period. If you want to be highly successful and highly profitable as a remodeler, it's not because you do a more beautiful finish in that trim work. It's not because you have the cleanest job site. It is because you know your numbers and you take that seriously. That separates the amateurs from the pros. You know what else we talked about? Because I just got through that list of 16 things. We talked about my upcoming book. If you want to hear more about it, could check out my interview with best-selling author of Remodel Without Going Bockers or Broke, Jim Molinelli. He's read two versions of the book and has some very positive feedback, and we'll check that out right now. When I uh, read your manuscript, uh, the, the most recent version was just uh, dead on. Uh, the best thing that I've read that could help a contractor you were tight and organized about how to go from being on your own to starting to work with other people in a, in a bigger capacity so that you could grow a small company. And the things you covered that impressed me were talking about the size of the company, you know, what it would have to be before you grow into a large uh, midsize or large company. And and then it was great that you had so many uh, checklists and how-tos so that somebody who was going from sole proprietor to a small to mid-sized remodeling company had the experience uh, on their side. They could do processes, they could do checklists, they could prepare themselves. And, and I think that from where you started to where the last manuscript was, was just remarkable. I, I do believe it will help a great many people. And if they take heed, we'll have a, a far fewer Harry with a hammer and, and pickup truck Pete's out there. We'll have some, some solid guys. Now, I want to hit upon something here. I've talked to a lot of contractors since the podcast started in May, not just in my interviews, but people reaching out because they're stressed or unsure whether to keep going. I know I've struggled with this several times in my career as a contractor. It seems like about every five years or so. I think with each one of those waves, I needed to take on one or several of the subjects that I'm discussing here today. 
Knowing numbers was huge. Setting boundaries with clients. But if you're out there listening and you're experiencing that five or ten year itch where you're, you're not sure, remember that you're not alone in that. We all experience this to some degree. In my interviews on the show, you hear veterans in the field of construction talking about the struggles they still have today. And remember what Aaron Jones said about the contracting handbook. And this podcast would have been so valuable to me 20 plus years ago. Um, well, if I was willing to listen, that would have been the other thing. Yeah. Uh, you know, if I didn't already know better. So we're all going through stuff. And I admit at 16 years now, I'm headed in a different direction. I needed to change things up. I'm still developing as a person, no matter how rigid I might seem to those around me. So where am I at? How does this all reflect on me and my business? Well, if you've been listening to the podcast, you know that I'm subbing out work now and no longer have full-time employees. Navigating that was tricky. My intention was to have employees for 10 years and to build funds to invest in my own building projects. I achieved that goal in seven years and I let the employees go. Not to mention that it was brutal trying to recruit new help. And I'm glad I was able to move on to what I call the phase three of my contracting company. Now I'm managing a number of projects with my subs, building spec homes for as long as the local economy will support it. But to rewind, at, to rewind, at five years, I was still pretty lost in how I was running my business. I'd gotten organized, chosen a trajectory, had a good CPA for business advice and accounting, and site visits were dialed. But I hadn't implemented all my strategies for weeding out tire kickers, knowing my numbers, setting boundaries, establishing excellent trade relations, and expectation management. I really had to sit down and write a lot of that stuff out. So 11 years later, from that five-year kind of itch there, I'm better, but I'm still imperfect. I still break some of my own rules. I make mistakes, but they're further and fewer between. I know how to pivot and deal with crises. I speak confidently to my clients. I take more time off. Honestly, I could know my numbers better throughout the year. I know exactly where I'm at today, but two years ago, leaving the third quarter, I know I wasn't paying as much attention to my P&L statements as I was to pounding through my projects. And time slips away super quickly, so it's important to start implementing the change now. Just start. Nothing happens overnight, but when you plant the seeds, the change will happen. Okay, so in summary, I'm going to just list those 16 things again. Get paid for estimating, number 16. Number 15, work-life balance. Number 14, use technology for estimating and tracking your jobs. Number 13, set boundaries with clients. Number 12, stay healthy, eat right, take care of yourself. Number 11, have a development plan for your contracting company, a vision. If you don't, start writing one down. Otherwise, you're just going to be doing everything for everybody. Expectation management of clients, employees, and your own. Again, write them down. Number nine, vet your clients. Figure out a strategy. Number eight, the power of social media. 
It's not just word of mouth. Number seven, delegate. Don't wear all the hats. Spend some money on outsourcing some of the work so you can focus on what you're good at. Number six, if it doesn't feel right, bail. Know when to bail. Know when to bail. Number five, be genuine. Be honest. Number four, always be recruiting. Develop a company that attracts good candidates. Number three, warranty of work. Number two, relations with trade contractors and architects. Number one, know your numbers. Know your numbers. What? Know your numbers. Okay, people. That's it for season one of the Contracting Handbook. Right now, I just want to give a shout out to everybody who came on the show to be interviewed. I've kind of said everybody's names right there. And everybody who wrote me. I mean, this would take a long time because this is now in the 50s and 60s of contacting and, and, and interviewees. And it's been awesome. And I thank you all for tuning in. Uh, please subscribe if you haven't. Keep in touch about my book. Shoot me a text at 907-978-3344 if you have any questions or if you want to talk about my book. And then tell me in a review, in a text, on Instagram, what have you taken away from the show? What have you learned? And then who do you want on the show? Season two is going to be in the works here. Just need to take a little time to get that together. All right, you guys, that's all I got. Later. Thanks for listening today. Go ahead and email me if you want to be on the show or want to tell me what you like or don't like about it. At my email, info at thecontractinghandbook.com. And this is where I say, if you have not subscribed, please subscribe wherever you source your podcast. Thanks again. Talk to you soon. Later.